The advice and opinions expressed by the host of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Good afternoon and welcome. I'm trying to do that thing that I'm always trying to do, which is to share it on my Facebook. Hey, I'm Shannon Penrod, and you don't normally see us at this time of day unless it's something really special. Guess what? It's something really special. You know, we love to feature wonderful artists here on the show whenever we have an opportunity to. We love to talk about young people on the spectrum and the amazing things that they do. You know that we, and this fits all of those categories, but additionally, you know that we love us some Kobe Bird here at Autism Live for so many reasons. We've known Kobe since he was 15, 14. I don't remember when the first time we had him on the show. And he was just starting on his acting journey. And then we watched someone get emotional. We watched as he turned around and, and got an agent. And then he started booking shows. We watched him on Speechless. We watched him on The Good Doctor. And then we've been watching him the last couple of years on Lock and Key. Well, Kobe, uh, Kobe has been on the show many times before. And he has also done red carpets for us where he hosted the red carpet on our behalf. So he's, he's worked for us before. Um, and we're, we couldn't be prouder of him. He's one of the nicest people on the face of the planet. Such a talented, good-hearted young man. So he's joining us, and he couldn't be with us during our regularly scheduled uh, programming, so we had to make time for him. You know what I'm saying? When you have Kobe Bird, you make time for him. So we're doing a special live show today, and we will re-air it tomorrow morning, uh, Wednesday morning, during the regular time that it would have played. But you guys had asked and said, can we please have Kobe live? So we did that. Michael, saying hello to you from Philly. Thank you for joining us so much. But because it's at a different time, um, I'm, I'm also concerned that more people won't know about it. So if you're watching, I really want to encourage you to share today's feed and share it on your social media and let other people know who are fans of Kobe that he's here and that he's live and I'll be asking him questions. You guys will have an opportunity to ask questions and it will be all fun. So right now we're live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and about a dozen other sites. Traven's starting to show you where we're live right now. Don't forget though that this will podcast. Um, we're going to re-air it again tomorrow during our regularly scheduled time. And then it will podcast directly after that to all the places where you get your podcasts. It'll be a free download. We are the number one rated autism podcast because of the work that you guys do on our behalf. You watch, you share, you like, you let other people know, you review us on iTunes, all of which really helps us out. So and it's because of having guests like Kobe who really super make a difference. So thrilled that you're here. Melissa Melissa, I was just talking about you during this morning's show, putting it out there about standout advocates and how amazing you are. So uh, hi to you. And um, you might want to put, you know, how people can reach you, standout advocates, because earlier on Ask Dr. Doreen, we were talking about how amazing you guys are and what you guys do. So uh, thrilled that you're here. Uh, absolutely thrilled that you're here. 
but um, we are we're, we are doing our regular show, so I have a little business uh, to take care of beforehand. And also want to plug, if you haven't seen enough of me today, remember that today, later on today, we're doing an Ed Talk with Dr. Temple Grandin. They're over at the Ed Asner Family Center. They do their monthly Ed Talks. And we're like so honored to be a part of this one because they're doing the best of. And so Izzy Paskowitz is going to be there talking about surfers healing. Chelsea Darnell is going to be there talking about movie chat with Chelsea Darnell. Uh, Matt Asner and Nava Paskowitz Asner will be there. And of course, Dr. Temple Grandin. So I'm not planning on saying much. I'm just going to sit there and nod my head a lot because uh, there's so many other, but you know, so nice to be included. That's happening at 5 p.m. Pacific time. If you're keeping track, that's 8 p.m. Eastern time. And you can just go to the Ed Asner Family Center on their any of their sites, Facebook, YouTube, or their, their personal website and um, tune in and watch. And you could be asking Dr. Temple Grandin questions there too. But right now we're here uh, on Autism Live with the Autism Network and wanna we're, we're going to be here with Kobe Bird in just a few minutes live. You guys could be writing in questions for Kobe right now. And I don't want to forget to tell you that on Friday, we have this amazing thing happening that I'm so proud of. We are debuting for the first time ever our newest show in the Autism Network family. It's called Stories from the Spectrum. It is all content that is by and for a neurodiverse world. So I love it because you won't hear my face yapping at you. You'll get to hear solely from people that are artists, artists like, you know, uh, the artists that we're featuring here on the show today, Kobe Bird. Which brings me to the, the next thing, you know, Kobe's been on the show before. And one of the times that we had Kobe on, I get so excited and I'm a talker from way back when. And one of the times that we had Kobe on when he was very young, you know, I'm just that mom who was just so excited to be talking to him. I didn't let him get a word in edgewise, which is pretty much what I do with a lot of our guests. I'm working on it. What can I say? But a lot of people who were Kobe fans wrote in and said, seriously, what is wrong with this woman? Why won't she let him get in a word in edgewise? I felt terrible about it. So the next time he came on, um, I promised that I would tape my mouth shut so that he could get in a word in edgewise. And it's become this joke between us. So I have my tape ready. If, if we need it, all you guys have to write into the chat and say, Shannon, give him a chance and I will tape my mouth shut. I don't I have the world's worst tape in the world here. I even didn't put on lipstick in case we need it. Um, so that's coming up. But first, let's take care of a little business. Want to remind all of you what, what we're here for, which our mission here is to provide information and inspiration. That's really what it's all about. And that's for everyone who is in that larger autism community. What do I mean when I say that? When we talk about that larger autism community, it starts, of course, with individuals who are on the spectrum. They are the beating heart of our community. They're our reason why, right? They're at the heart of everything and need to be guiding all the decisions that we make and the topics that we talk about. But in our larger community, we choose to include everyone who is on the spectrum and everyone who loves them. Because we feel that in that larger community that we have an opportunity to have all the stories be heard and, and have more, I mean, what I want is eventually for that to be the whole world, right? That should be the whole world. We're still working on that, but 
if we can put our hearts and minds together, we're not going to agree on everything. In fact, we're not going to agree on much because this community is big, it's bold, people have different needs, wants, desires, individuals, right? But we can agree on a couple of things like respect and love and consideration and empathy and the right to work and the right to love who you love, right? We can agree and safety, we can agree to the human rights, um, all of it, right? And together we have that bigger voice. So that's what we're here about. I do tell you that we have lots of experts that join us here for the show, and I'm not one of them. My credentials are that I'm a very proud and grateful pony that is a parent of a neurodiverse individual. And as we say now, a pony. Uh, I have to have a dance move with it. A pony. I'm a parent of a neurodiverse adult individual. Hello, Melissa. Melissa from McAllen. We're so glad that you're here. So uh, those are my credentials and the fact that I care deeply and feel that karmically I need to pay forward uh, the, the help and support that was given to me. So Teresa, hello. I know you guys are here to see Kobe Bird. He's going to be joining us in just a few minutes. We just have to take off here and uh, do our jargon of the day couple of little business and then we'll bring Kobe in here. So those of you who watch the show regularly know that we on Mondays and, and this will be the Wednesday show, we do jargon of the day. This is because it's so overwhelming, right? No matter who you are, when you come into this community, there's a whole bunch of words and phrases that nobody has any idea what they mean. So we try to give them to you one bite at a time. We give you first the actual definition and then whenever appropriate, we make fun of the actual definition. And then we give you a working definition, which we hope will be a way to set you on the path to understanding. You need to be gentle with yourself if you don't understand it, because we've all been there, right? We've all been there. And uh, it's a work in progress. But what we do find is when you begin to understand some of these jargon terms, it can translate into more support. It can translate into saving time, saving energy, saving money, and making more progress. Less headaches, less stress, right? So that's why we do this. And we try to make it fun and interesting. So let's take a look at what our, and remember it could be word, phrase, acronym. Let's take a look at what our jargon of the day for today is. Uh, it's like ripping off a Band-Aid. We'll get through it. Oh, appeal process. And of course, we're talking about the insurance appeal process. Could there be a less fun or less interesting term on the face of the planet? But the reason why we're doing this today is because it's that time of year. And we're hearing from a lot of families that have recently gotten a denial from their insurance company for treatment that they'd been receiving or that they wanted to receive. And a lot of people, they get that denial and they go, well, that's it. And I felt like it was very imperative that you guys know that that's not it at all. In fact, that's sort of just step 13 out of like a 20 step process before you get services. So let's take a look at what the actual textbook definition of appeal process is. Probably not going to be that much help. If your health insurance refuses to pay a claim or ends your coverage, you have the right to appeal the decision to, and to have it reviewed by a third party. You can ask that your insurance company reconsider its uh, decision. Insurers have to tell you why they've denied your claim or ended your coverage. And that came fresh off of healthcare.gov. Okay, that's what it says. That's what the law of the land is. If your insurance company denies anything, 
Now we could be talking about chemotherapy or, you know, uh, anything under the sun, but you, of course we're here. It's autism live. We're talking about some of the services that you would get for yourself or for a loved one for autism. And we see on a regular basis that people get denied. And sometimes when they send the denial, you just get a denial and say, this claim has been denied, right? But always on that letter, there is a place where it says to appeal this decision, and then there are instructions. If it doesn't, then they are actually in violation of the law. You have rights, though, and the first thing if you get a denial letter that you should do is, is ask for an explanation of why you were denied, because this is how you build your case. I've gotten ahead of myself, so this is the actual definition. Let's see if, what we have for our working definition, because I think this is the heart and crux of the matter here. The necessary steps to get what you were entitled to. Don't give up. Follow the steps. Ask for help. And this, I'll tell you right now, we're seeing this across the board, that um, families, and for various and sundry reasons, let's say your child is turning eight or 10 or 12. I don't know why they like the round numbers. Um, they will write back and tell you, oh, well, you know, we're denying you had coverage, but we're denying coverage. And we actually were denying it at, back to their eighth birthday. So we'll let the last three months since their birthday go, but we're stopping it this week. First of all, if you watched Monday, we talked about continuity of care. They can't just be ripping things away from you. Call them and say, we want to appeal and we need continuity of care. While you're appealing, they have to continue the services. Woohoo! We like that to begin with, right? But then here's the other thing that I want you to know is that there are set steps to this. So you follow the instructions, you submit whatever you have to submit for the appeal. I know we all think we need a lawyer at this point. A lot of times you do not just follow the instructions because this first appeal is a secret. Don't tell anybody I told you. It's kind of a throwaway because here's the deal. The first appeal is an in-house appeal. So somebody put the denial stamp on it and at, that worked for your insurance company said, we deny this. And when you do the first appeal, the first appeal asks the same people who denied it to look at it again and see if they'd like to change their mind. How much do we think they're likely to change their mind? Probably not. Most of the time we see that the first appeal is almost an automatic denial, but you kept the services going through that denial. And when you get the second denial letter, remember each time you ask on what grounds. And a lot of times this is crazy. I know, again, shh, don't tell that I told. They will send you the reason why and it will state right there whatever it is that's actually against the law. It's super fantastic when they do that. So make sure you get the letter from them that says, why are they denying you? Like we will hear from people, um, you were denied because your child is eight or 10 or 12 and they can't do that. You might have a state law that says they can do that, but guess what? The federal law says you can't do that. And so then, then we write back in the appeal and say, you can't do that. Here's the MAPIA law that says that you can't do that. And then we see sometimes it reverses before we have to do anything else. But more often than not, it will go to a second appeal process. Do not be fatuts by that. Don't be surprised. Don't be dismayed. It's just one of the necessary steps. And remember, you're asking for the continuity of care the whole time. So they're dinking around, but you're still getting your services or your child is still getting your services. Now, 
on the second appeal, it has to go to somebody who does not work for your insurance company. It has to be someone who is independent, who looks at it, who knows what the laws are. We have seen over the last four years that most second appeals are have the services reinstated. The, the, the person who's petitioning wins most second appeals. But ask yourself this, why do they make you go through all this? Because how many people know this and how many people stop after the first denial and how many people stop after the second, the, the, uh, the, the very first one, and then after the first appeal, how many people stop? How many people actually know, oh, I'm going to have to stick around for the second appeal? So that's why we wanted to make sure that we told you this. Hello, Helen. So glad that you're here. This is important. It's also part of the reason why we tell you make sure that you're keeping your paperwork all in one place. I know a lot of people who keep a scanner and scan everything in, and then um, then they know where to find it. But make sure that when you ever you get a denial, that's a piece of gold. Look to see what the reason is. If they don't tell you the reason, ask them for it in writing that day. Don't wait around and also tell them I'm appealing. We want continuity of care while I appeal. And then you bought yourself time. Then you can start to figure things out. Um, but, you know, this is what makes the difference of whether you can keep coverage and keep getting the services that you want to get. So I love this one actually translates into stuff. I love, love, love that jargon. All right, let's move on to our question of the day, shall we? because we're getting ready for Kobe Bird. He's coming in just a few minutes, you guys. Uh, have you ever been shortchanged by your insurance? Do you ever feel that you personally uh, have had something that was in your plan that you should have had covered, but your insurance said, I don't think so? We we know that this happens. I don't, I don't want to speak ill of the insurance industry because when they do their jobs and do them well, Sometimes it translates into us getting the necessary things that we need to get for ourselves and loved ones, right? Uh, but it's an industry and not everybody in the industry understands all of the rules and there are, it's a money industry, right? It's a not, for, not a nonprofit industry. And when it's our loved one, we want to make sure that the decisions that are being made are about their health care, not about how much it's going to cost our health care. Right. Um, so wondering how many of you have ever been shortchanged by insurance. I certainly have had that happen um, where we had to hold their feet to the fire. And then when we did our process, we got what we needed to have. So there you go. All right. And then on to our topic this week. I'm very happy about this pro this topic. It goes right hand in hand with all of our guests this week and with our debut of Stories from the Spectrum. Our topic is art as a form of communication. That I, uh, we're moving into this new office and there is a beautiful painting that is probably being hung right outside this door right now that is done by artist Nicholas Contaxis who is a brilliant oh, painter uh, who's having a great deal of success in the art world. And it is a large form of how he communicates is on the canvas. And to see one of his paintings, especially he does these amazing large scale paintings that get purchased in office buildings. He makes a tidy little living as an artist to see them. Oh my goodness. It's so clear what he's communicating and, and what's going on with him, right? I don't think we could ever 
look at one of Nicholas's paintings and, and disagree with the statement, art as a form of communication. But, you know, also we cover a lot on the show about how much the arts can help people to be able to express themselves. And I'm talking to everyone. And everyone includes individuals who are on the autism spectrum. Funny little thing about that. Uh, so anyway, that's really what we're talking about. So our guest today, oh my goodness, I could not love this young man more. Oh, before we before we get to him though, before we have uh, we have a commercial we have to play. Thank you, Traven. Uh, so we're gonna have one word from our sponsor, and then when we come back, we're gonna be here with the fabulous Kobe Bird. You know him from the many things, but most recently from Netflix's hit show, Lock and Key. He is delicious. So watch this and then come back for Kobe Bird. My Z-Pod, it helps me sleep. It's easier for an autistic person to sleep in there. A Z-Pod helps me sleep better. So Z-Pod allows for complete control of your sleep environment. The big idea is how do we help people sleep better? I'm George Bailey and I'm the president of Z-Pods. My name is Jeff Wade and I am one of the co-founders of Z-Pods. I like that I can close the Z-Pod and that it's around me so nothing can come in there. Micah is 10. She was staying up for like three days at a time. We tried weighted blankets, melatonin. We've tried a sleep study because we thought she had sleep apnea. My experience with the Z-Pod has been wonderful. Micah's sleep has changed tremendously. I'm getting more sleep because she's getting sleep. Because of her autism diagnosis and her schizophrenia diagnosis, she was up all night. And I wasn't doing well in school. I used to sleep in a closet. That was the only place that she was feeling comfortable at the time. Since she started with the Z-Pod, her sleeping has improved. The first night, she was in bed, on time, and asleep. My son, Juden, he's neurotypical. It takes him two hours to get to bed at night. But with Z-Pod, it's completely transformed his sleeping. With Joseph, he's autistic. He's very high energy, high anxiety. Joseph would just bounce around his room all the time at night. Joseph has been using his bed now for almost two years. It has become like a real nook for him, just a place where he just feels restored. Helped him decompress, helped him wind down. I read in my Z-Pod, I play games in my Z-Pod. Now that he's sleeping better, I think that all of us are sleeping better. We have taken all of the suggestions that we've received from parents about how we can improve this technology, and we've put together a really exciting new bed that we're going to be releasing onto the market. So we've partnered with a local manufacturer who's invested in the Z-Pod. We've got speakers in the new Z-Pods that will allow you to play nature tracks or meditation tracks. We're going to be creating what we call a sleepscape, where the sleep environment changes according to your individual preference. What we want to do is we want to give a name to sleep that gets kids excited to do this thing that is critical to their health. I could recommend it to good people. Have you ever slept in a Z-Pod? Welcome back. I'm so excited to welcome our next guest because Kobe Bird, 
Honestly, one of my favorite people on the face of the planet. There is nobody sweeter. There is nobody nicer. He's so talented, so good natured. And we've known him for many years. He's been a part of Autism Live almost from the beginning. So excited to see his journey as a young artist, as a young actor, starting out doing theater things, then going into television, being a guest star on Speechless, then being the first actually autistic actor hired to be on The Good Doctor. I don't know if you guys remember, but that was such a big deal. And he was so young even when that happened. And then, of course, we were so excited when Netflix cast him on Lock and Key. We've been watching him for the first two seasons. Now, something happened the other day. Netflix put out uh, some information about season three, which is we don't know when the date is coming, but it's coming. It's already been filmed of Lock and Key. And they told us the sad news that Lock and Key, that the third season is going to be the final season, that the story is coming to a close. But they also dropped a bit of a bombshell. We saw on Deadline, they in the article, they identified the principal cast. And there in the principal cast was Kobe Bird. Now, for those of you who, who don't live in Hollywood and don't understand you know, how these things worse, uh, work, uh, Kobe had been a series regular before that, but then he had been bumped to principal cast. It's a ginormous deal. As far as I am aware, it is the first time in mainstream network television that that has ever happened to an actor on the spectrum that they went from being uh, a regular, uh, like a wonderful regular, but now upgraded to be one of the principal cast. It is a ginormous deal. We're so excited. We are, he can't tell us, but we're keeping our fingers crossed that that means that we're going to see more of Rufus in season three. So who am I welcoming? And then I'm going to shut up. Kobe Bird is here with us. What's up? Hey, how's it going? You just are such a ball of energy. I love you so much. So Kobe, this is probably, uh, I, I can't even imagine how long you have been sitting on information. And of course, there's more information you can't share with us. But yeah. um, and we're, I'm not going to ask you, I'm not going to put you on the spot and ask you anything about season three. We're just going to have to wait to see it. But there are secrets that you get told that you can't tell anybody for a long period of time. I don't know how you handle that. It's tough because for the longest time, people would ask us, "When's season four coming? Is there is there gonna is there gonna be season four? And all I could say was, "You never know." So <laughs> I can't so I can't see anything yet. But um, how do I say this? Um, spoilers for those of you who haven't seen season two. So at the so at so at the end of that season, Ellie and Rufus reunite, and there might be a chance you might get to see Rufus. But that's all I can say. That's but, right. Yeah. Well, we know that you're in season three because they released that on deadline. Yeah. So I can say that yeah. without being offed by the powers that be um, because it's been released. We know that you're in season three. We know your principal cast. We know that, you know, that suggests certain things, but we don't know too much about mm -hmm. it. But I'm just for you as an actor, Kobe, when you realized First of all, like, what was there a moment when you realized that you were being upgraded and that you were you were getting? I, I don't. I, are you allowed to talk about that? Maybe I don't even. I'll know be vague. I'll about. be vague. Yeah. So okay. Right. When I, when I real so when I found out that I was 
part of gonna have because more, yeah. I start because I started because I because I started as a guest star on the show and then I, and then that's when, and and then that's and then that's when I was a part of regular cast but I was speechless. I'm yeah. and I'm speechless and, and and I am speechless most of the time but I was speechless. I I couldn't even I couldn't even process what was happening but no it, it was it, it was amazing. Well. We certainly you you were away for quite a long time because you were because you almost filmed season two and three back to back right there was what like a couple of weeks in between yeah and we, yeah we yeah we had a um so when I was going to Toronto that 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 part that, that time of the year I was pretty much only doing this I I, I was only doing one scene and we thought and we thought we'd be there for a few weeks but then. Um, but then things changed and then and then we were there for a lot longer yeah. so we were there so there was so there was so there was a hiatus in april and then and then season three officially started filming in may so then that that's when that that's when everything um begun i i i can't even yeah. imagine uh for those of us at home you know we just see the magic and if you guys aren't watching lock and key yet then i'm just gonna have to spank you 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 need to be watching lock and key it's so delightful it's so much fun it's uh it's a mystery but there are, it's funny and it's serious and it's a little creepy and it's a little eerie and you can watch it with relatively young kids jonathan is writing and saying hey kobe i'm a big fan of you uh, Hi, Jonathan. So glad to have you glad here. Love the show. Uh, spread the word that Kobe is here live because this is when we're we're not normally live at this time. But you know what we need to remember, those of us who are watching this amazing and it's high tech. Like there's so many wonderful elements to it. It feels a little like there are elements of it that feel reminiscent of Harry Potter. Very, but yeah, it's very Harry Potter. Like it's it's a mission between it's 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 like it's like a mission between Harry Potter. And Spider Chronicles and a bunch of other things like I can't think of, but it's very there's a little it's, bit it's of Scooby Doo. Yes, in there. exactly. There's a little bit of Scooby Doo too, because there's a little bit of humor in it that is, it is. Uh, that we as a family really enjoy. And I don't know about you guys, but I love it when there's something that the whole family can sit down and watch together and get on different levels because there's oh, there's yeah. stuff about it for the people who are keeping track. Boy, I'll bet you have some fans that geek out on some of the things that are, are to keep it. And there's, there's accoutrement, there are keys. I, I can say well, that because it's lock and key. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so for those of who don't know, it actually, it, it actually is an adaptation of a graphic novel. And I, and I read, and I actually read them before I got the role. So I was very familiar with it. So I know pretty much most of the story. I know all of it, and it's 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 loosely it's it's loosely based. So it's kind of in a lot of ways its own story. But mm -hmm. there still are a lot of things that are from the comics that are put into the show. So there's a so so for so for fans who are so for so for the fans of the graphic novels, they'll pro they'll probably get the references and stuff here and there. And it's beautifully shot. Oh my oh, gosh! It's it's just oh, the, the cinematography. And the special effects, yeah. crazy, crazy, crazy good stuff. And you've been a part of, you know, if people watch season one and two, you've been a part of some pretty incredible things. Oh, yeah. um, and I hate to give spoiler alerts, but if you haven't watched season two by now, shame on you. You, you know, by about dim the sound down for just a second, because for a great part of season two, you're 
someplace else, but you finally get get to come back at, at the very end for this very yeah. emotional thing that had us all on the floor. Kobe oh. had us just sobbing. When um, we shot when we shot that scene because it was during when it was during when, when COVID was still really high yeah. and, really, and, and really intense. So we so 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 social so social distancing was a thing. It was intense and that hug that was like that was like the first time we were able to break away from our chains and just the emotions that we all went through so it was amazing. oh it was amazing and that and that was just um practice that that was just that was just rehearsal so it wasn't it wasn't even so it wasn't even part of it but just that just that first time we hugged it just we felt just it was like it was like being back in time because we were so used to being in our bubbles and finally being able to be outside. It was wonderful. I mean, you guys, this is what I, the point that I was trying to get to is that you guys were doing this in the heart of the pandemic that yeah. um, season two and three all shot in the heart of the pandemic. And when I hear people still, I, first of all, let me say this, Kobe, congratulations to you. Cause you have been just, just beating a path through all of the objections. When I think about when you were 14 or 15 and you were on Speechless and we were like, oh my gosh, they actually cast somebody who was oh. on the spectrum to play somebody on the spectrum. It was almost unheard of at that point. And, and there you were, were you 15 years old? How old were you? I was 15, yes. And then fast forward to, you know, not that further down the road, then, you know, you got cast on The Good Doctor. Good doctor. And again, that was, yeah. that was a, that was a thing. And, and I, I don't, I, I don't say this lightly, Kobe, but I feel like you were carrying the entire artistic community of, of the autism community on your shoulders when you went up to Canada to shoot that because, you came back and and suddenly everybody knew that the networks knew you can cast people who are on the spectrum. They're absolutely capable of doing really this. Did. And yeah. you blazed a path that, that everybody's benefiting from now. We're all benefiting from it. And I love that now you're, you know, you've benefited from it greatly and that, that even on your show, you got bumped up to principal. I just absolutely love this Kobe. Um, but I want to, you were talking about your mom on the show fantastic actress what is oh. the the name of the actress who plays your mom on the show sherry Som. she is one of the most amazing people i know she just i i've been i've been working with her for, for most of the show and just getting able to know her she's like family she really is and she just she's she she's just one of the kindest sweetest souls she just She's I love amazing. that you guys have that connection. And I understand that she gave you a gift that is like your favorite thing under the planet now. Is this yes. true? Tell yes. us. Okay, so story time. Okay. So back when so so back when I was in Toronto of last year, I I'm I love I love everything vintage. I'm very I I love retro things and I and I collect cassette tapes. I have a bunch of um uh Walkman Walkman and recently I I have a play. I have an old PlayStation Two that that I that that I still play all, all the time, and I really and when I was there, I was trying to find a boombox because I because I because I wanted something for my cassettes. So we went uh, a few. So we went through a, a, a few uh, thrift shops, and I didn't find any. I, I didn't find a boombox, but I did find a copy of The Empire Strikes Back on on, on VHS, and I and I got that immediately, and I was just I was ecstatic, and I and. It's, and as soon as I got that, I thought, 
well, I need a VCR for this. And that's, and that's what, and next thing I knew, I want to, next thing I knew, I wanted to get a VCR. So we would, so we went to, we went, we went to every, we went to almost every thrift store in that, in that area, trying to find any kind of VCR, but, but, all, but, but as I, but as I went, I would, I'd find a tape and then I find another, and then I find another tape and, and then another tape, but still no VCR. So, so one day on set, we were, me and Sherry were um, filming on a rig, which is a car that's rigged on a, that's rigged on a truck and pretty, and pretty much, and, and pretty much we're, we're stuck in the car for hours yeah. and, and it, and it can, and, and you have to be, and it's, it takes a lot of patience because you're pretty much there the entire time. There's cameras through the, through the windows. It's, it's a lot. So, so, uh, one, so during, so, so during one of those scenes, me and Jerry were talking and I was telling her about the VCR and then about a few, and, and then about an hour later, she, she, she said to me, I'm going, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to my mom's house in Ohio. I, she had, I just, I just realized she has, she, she still has her VCR there. When I go there, I'll see, I'll see if, I'll see if I can bring it to you. And I was, I was just, I was overblown with joy. I, I was so happy. That was, that was just, it was amazing. So, so a month later, also on set, she bring, she bring, she brings me the VCR and my, and my mom has a picture of me with, with the VCR. I, I'm sitting on my chair, looking at it like I'm an eight year old at Christmas. I, I'm just, that was one of, I just hold it just, just with just speechless, ha having no idea what to say. I was so happy. You so, love that VCR. And that, so the other day I saw you posted, there was a contest for people to decide what was the first movie that you watched on it. Uh, so what, and the, 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 the waiting for us, what was the first movie you watched on it? I probably should back because that was the first one I had. So that was like yeah. the one, because that's my, because that's probably my, that's probably one of my, favorite movies of all time so i so i knew that was the one to watch it on and then i i i i had a few others but that was that was the one i wanted to watch because i know that was the perfect that that, that was the perfect debut yeah can i tell so you I, something horribly ironic kobe i have like um, six vcrs in my garage oh my gosh really <laughs> Yes. What? If I had known you needed oh. one, I even have VCRs that have like the CD player next to the, yes. the, the DVD player next to the thing, because I used to convert old VHS that people had to, to CDs and DVDs for them. So I have a boneyard of, uh, because I had to have it to transfer the stuff. Yeah. So I have a bunch of them in my garage. That is so cool. Kobe, if you'd like to come visit sometime. Uh, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and I said to you the other day when I saw that you had one, I have tapes too, um, because we had them. Like I have all the old uh, really? Rankin uh, Bass um, Christmas uh, cartoons, like um, oh, all of them on VHS, Kobe. What? I know. You'll have to come oh over and gosh. check it out. Um, For me, it's Christmas every day. <laughs> I know. But you know, you know my that. husband and he's like, why do we have these? And I'm like, because someday oh. we're going to need them. So anyway, we have them. Um, <laughs> so there we go. But there were, I love that you're into retro things. I think that that is super fun. Um, but there, you found some new things that you're into while you were filming Netflix. I hear that uh, something about a paddleboard. Yes. Yeah, so tell me about that. So I learned how to paddleboard way back in Toronto. One of um, one um, one of the women who did my makeup, she she 
she was a paddleboarder and she wanted to teach me. So I, so I, so she taught me and that was wonderful. I, I, I was a lot better than, than, than I thought I was going to be. I thought most of the time I was going to, I was going to be falling over and I only wiped out like once, once or twice, but it was, it was a blast. And then I didn't do it for a while, but then I went, but then I went back to Hawaii for a month and I actually did it again. And I, and it took me a while to get back into it, but after that, I was, I wa I wanted, I wanted to be on the water for hours. Just, I was having the time of my life. Amazing. That takes a lot yeah. of balance. Coach. It does. It does. Oh, trust me. Like it, it, I'm I, sure that I couldn't do it. Yeah. But another thing that takes a lot of balance and something that you really hadn't done, correct me if I'm wrong, until you were in Canada, was ride a bike. Yeah. Yeah. So for the longest time, I wanted to, I, I could, I could never ride a bike because of my autism. It, it was just, it was just a hard, it was just a hard thing for me to do. What was hard about and, it? Do you remember? The bouncing, the bouncing. Okay. And my, and my, and back then, I, back then, back then when I was a kid, I was so involved in my autism that I just, I, I couldn't understand it. And my mom had tried so many times to get me to, to get me to learn and it just never happened. So, so pretty much I, I so pretty much I, I was ordered to, to just riding a three, three wheeled bike, which was fine. It wasn't, it wasn't an issue, but then, but about a few years ago, one of my, one of my New Year's one of my New Year's resolutions was wanting to ride a bike. So that was, so that was on my list. And, and in Toronto, there are all of these rent-a-bikes on every block. And one day I just thought, you know what, this is my chance. I'm going to take it. So, and, and also, and also it was, and also it was in April during, during autism awareness. So, so I, so one night, so one night we, me and my mom went, so we went to bike, which actually was like right by our, our residence. And I was there for almost about two hours just learning. And like with, like with paddleboarding, I was, I, I picked it up and with, with when I thought I was going to, when I thought it would have taken me weeks, I thought I actually, I actually learned how to ride fully. And then, and then the next day my mom had, had an idea to go. So in Toronto, there's, um, on the, on, on Lake Ontario, there is an Island called, called the Toronto Island and it's, and, and, and it was off season. So it was, so it, so it was, so no cars, nothing. It was, it was practically a ghost town. And I, and we, and I rode eight miles the next, wow. the next day. And it was just, I wanted, I wanted to ride for 20 miles. I could have, I could have done a hundred honestly, but. Wow. Um, no, but, but. So Kobe, for people who, I mean, you know, um, you're friends with my son and bike riding was really hard for him too. Yeah. And um, it, it is for a lot of people. It is. What do you think made the difference? What do you think clicked? Was it just that you were a little bit older? Was it that you took a little bit more time? What do you think clicked? So that you could could suddenly be able to do it, and I say suddenly because it still took you time, right? So when I the thing, so as I've gotten older, I've been so the one so the one thing my mom was telling me was no matter what you're going to fall down, expect that. And I think I think expecting that, I was able to know. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm going to fall down a lot. I just need to know that. But but the thing is, is I got is I got to get back up if I want to learn this. And I was I, I was determined to learn because I really wanted. Yeah. I think to, that's to, a big part of it. Yeah. I think the desire has to be there. Exactly. Uh, and it's you, were, true, you were really motivated. And it's recently that, you, you rode bikes with my son and you were just so kind. You're oh. such a good teacher. And oh, he was amazing too. 
he, he well, and wanted- he did better than he's ever done before. But I think he wanted to be able to do it so that he could go do yeah. it with you. And I think that yeah. that desire to do it has as much to do with anything exactly. um, with success. So maybe the takeaway for those of us who are parents is that if our kiddo is being stressed while doing it and says, I don't want to stop, mm-hmm. maybe that's, we listen to them and don't push exactly. it and wait. And that look, years later, you came back to it and wanted to do it. And now you're proficient. Yeah. I'm doing you ride it yeah. everywhere, right? I love it. Oh yeah. I have I actually have a I actually have my back here right now and I just I I'm adding all this stuff to it. I love it. It's there's a lake over by our house that that we always go to and it's one and it's just and it's wonderful. And then and then there's Babylon Park where I where, where where I always go to and it's just trying to find places because it's in, in LA it's a lot different in Toronto. Tor- Toronto is way more bike friendly. LA not so much, but yeah. you know we need to get that way. We need to yeah. get that way in LA. But it's you know, you brought, you brought up a couple of different places and I think this is remarkable too, Kobe, that you in the last couple of years throughout the pandemic, you weren't always living at home. In fact, you were living in mm-hmm. two vastly different places. You lived in Canada for a good portion of the pandemic and then mm-hmm. you spent time in Hawaii as well. Um, I'm wondering, you know, what what that was like for you um and and any insights that you have for us about how different it is in different places to live especially during the pandemic so yeah i so for my entire life i've pretty much stayed in california yeah i've yeah i've been to hawaii a few times as a kid and yeah i went to florida but i never actually but i but i but only for only for about a week or so and that's pretty much it i never stayed for longer than that than that time so it was new to me. So, but the fascinating, but the fascinating thing about, about living in those different places is that we, I never thought I'd live there for that. I, I never thought that I, that I would stay there for that long. And it's, it's that, it's that, it's that surprise you get, oh, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to be here for a lot longer than I thought it would. But also it's amazing because you get, because being, I was in, I was in Hawaii for, for, for four months, which was just amazing. I was, and it, and it was a lot of work too. But you know, but it was it was wonderful, and I I, I loved, I loved being able doing all these new things, learning new things. I I learned how to sheep herd. I um, um, that's amazing. I learned how to drop. I um, you got to put I, that on your resume. Yeah, that's going to come in handy for some film. Exactly. Be, you need exactly. a sheep her, herder, and you have experience. I gardened every day. Just I gardened every day. Just. <laughs> All, just all of these things and but 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 also it was pushing me out of my comfort zone because I was because I wasn't used to being out in the red dirt being at, being out in the water and and one of the big changes was one day it was pouring rain I, I was I was going to the beach with my mom and suddenly just started to pour rain and I just let loose and I I got out and the and the water and the water getting on my hair and my clothes just the dirt everything the, the sand it, it was all it as a if, if I were a lot younger, I would have never done that. But I pushed myself and it was one of the best days of my life. It was just being out in the rain, being free, just enjoying myself. I loved it. And and then after that, I started, and then after that, then there was a sheep herding. Then there was the, then there was a work doing, do, doing all the, doing all of those things, being able to push myself out of my comfort zone was wonderful. Yeah. And but, to, go ahead. And in Toronto too, but, but Toronto was seven months. So that was, that was pretty much where I was living. It was, it, that was my home. And I, so, and so many things happened in those seven months that 
I will never forget that that is that is a time in my life that I will never forget it's just because it because it changed my it changed my life it 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 brought me it brought it brought me out of my shell even more and and it and it changed my and it changed my life and that is something that I will that I will never even try to forget because that because yeah. that because because that is because that is who made because that is what made because that is what made me not that is what yeah. has made me the me now absolutely it's a part of yeah. your heart it's a part of your being forever and i'm sure that part of it is what you were doing there but i want to ask you and tell me if this is a hard question for you what is your favorite thing about toronto everything <laughs> not, well, now, not now even... you can be a politician. That was a good answer. Oh, yeah. uh, there's no one thing. <laughs> What's the thing you miss the most? If you were going to uh, Toronto today, what would you do, or what would you eat, or where would you go? That is that, that actually is a hard question because there was never because there was never one thing. But yeah. I but I was but I will say one of the things I miss. Okay. What, so, in Toronto, Toronto is so allergy friendly. I'm gluten free and dairy free. So I so it's it's been it's been a part of my life since i since i was five it's been it's been me and toronto oh my goodness they, they they're just amazing there there were so many places that i could go to that i could that i that i could have most that i could have most of the stuff on the menu it was wonderful wow. and there was one place that we would um that we that we would order from called 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 Rizlan st Clair, and it, and it was and, and, and it was and it was a thai place and they just they had pretty much, pretty much, I, I could pretty much have everything on the menu. Wow. And what, and one day I got it, it was, it's, it's, it's probably my favorite restaurant of all time because it is just everything there. Like it, it's, it's amazing. I would, there are days now where I would just be sitting on my couch watching TV and then suddenly I'll, I'll see something and then I'll think, I miss Riz. I, 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 <laughs> I want to go, I want to go to Riz. And that, and that is, and that, that, that is one place that I will, that I just okay. completely am so about. it's called yeah. Riz. Riz on St. Clair. Riz on St. Clair. If anybody goes yeah. to Toronto. Okay. And then what about Hawaii? What's your favorite thing about Hawaii or what's the thing you would do if you were there uh, right now? And obviously you have relatives there yeah. that you would see and whatever. Let's leave them out of it. Just the it's, Hawaii ex experience. What's your favorite thing? I love it. See, I love it because uh, because where I was staying, it was it, it it was on a small island called Amalekai. It's it's between um, it's um, it's a Maui country. So 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 it's so so it's right so it's right next to to Maui and Lanai, and it's a and it's and it's really and it's and it's a really tiny tiny island, uh, thirty thirty feet long, wow. or no. Uh, 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 30, 30 miles long, not 30, 30 miles long. long. Yeah, 30 um, feet would be yeah, very small. Very, very, you don't yeah, have to stand small. on one piece of dirt. Okay. Uh, I make that mistake but, all the time. But uh, it's a very, very, very tiny island, only only 7,000 only seven thousand people. Wow. And it's like, and it's like being in a small community because it's, but, but, the, but the thing is, is, it, is that everybody, it, it's like, it's, it's almost like one big family, but also it's just, just the just ju just the feeling of a just the feeling of a little spirit and just ha mm. just having that just having that positivity but just it, but but also but also in them but also in many ways it's it's very it's very light it's it's very um it's very meditational because oh. there would be because because there would be days that i would just go on drive drives with my mom on the east and on, on the east end because the east because 
on the west end it's it's it's, it's all dry it's all red dirt it's all um out in the country but then on the east side it's all um it's it's all it's all jungle it's all tropical and there would be days where, where where we would just go driving on the east end and it was just being being able to look feeling the wind just dri driving on the road and just looking at looking at everything it's just it's it's amazing it's got to be a different pace yeah than, than it is oh yeah than compared to, compared LA. to la yeah compared to la oh it's big it's, it's yeah <laughs> but <laughs> it's but it's also just but it's also just a wonderful place and that's 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 somewhere i consider my home because i because I, because I, when i'm there i'm so comfortable i'm so relaxed i'm myself yeah, and I I don't I, I don't I don't I don't have to I, I don't have any peer pressure or anything like that because I'm just I'm going with I'm, I'm going I'm going with the flow just being able to do things at my own pace and it's just it's it's amazing it really is it's amazing uh, Amanda has sent you some blue hearts and Jennifer Page Marrero has sent a a, a kiss emoji and uh, Jonathan said that's cool Kobe and I know you have autism just like me so that's amazing oh yeah. Uh, yay, indeed. I, uh, I want to know, um, we didn't, one more question about Hawaii. You didn't tell me what's your, what's your favorite food in Hawaii? Oh, see, I love that face you made. That, that's even harder so because yeah. I love fish. Pretty much, um, pr pr pretty much anything fish related I love. And that was, I have and seen that was you my, eat salmon. Yeah. You can eat salmon. Oh, like, yeah. I love fish. Yeah. Even even more so than meat. So now, do you also like seafood or just fish? Oh, seafood, seafood too. Seafood yeah. too. Oh yeah. See, Jem's more into the seafood. Although he'll eat fish, he loves salmon, but not yeah. as much the fish. He's more into the seafood. But anyway, so you love all that, and that's plentiful yeah. in Hawaii. Yeah. So oh, yeah, and it's. Is there and, one dish or one fish or ooh. one? You know, there's you know, every because. Almost every night we would we would make a meal and it just there there are so many that comes to mind but one but there's but 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 almost but almost every day my my mom my mom would um, come back and she would and she and she and she would bring me poke and I love poke like that po poke has been my been my been my muse since I was fifteen like I I just I I, I love it to death and. We gotta and there was, we, I, we gotta go sometime and have that because uh, Jem has never had oh, that. yeah. And he was asking me the other day, and I said, "Oh, Kobe eats that all the time." And he was like, "Really? Oh, it's amazing! Uh, yeah, I love it." So we'll have and, to do that. Oh, definitely. I and, don't understand what the difference between poke and and pho is. So so pho so, so pho like, like pho noodles. Yeah. So 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 pho so pho so pho so pho noodles pho noodles, but then but poke is is raw fish. It is it's uh, seasoned raw fish. It can be tuna. It can be salmon. It can be anything. It's and I raw. and I know that not everybody likes raw fish, and that's totally fine. I I personally love raw fish, but okay. it's but it's definitely but it's 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 raw fish. But but you can but you can add rice to it. You can add furikake. You can add spicy mayo. Any kind like just anything you want. And it's and and that's and that's the amazing thing about poke. It it it, it doesn't have, it doesn't have to be fish. It can be it can be pretty much anything you want it to be. And it's amazing. It's amazing. 
you need to do food reviews, Kobe, because when you talk <laughs> about food, it gets us all excited. And I have to say, too, your mom is an amazing cook. We yeah. featured her recently on the show. And I'm going to yes. say this for the first time here. I've gotten your mother to agree to be on the show once a month with me to co-host with me once a month. And, and she's hopefully going to share some recipes with us because she does oh, small kitchen, yeah. big flavor. You guys should be following her on Instagram. While we're paused and talking about Instagram for a second, Kobe, can you put up on the screen? Because there's lots of ways for people to follow you, Kobe. You're on different... Um, and Amanda says, she's, uh, she says, I follow your mom on Instagram. Uh, and Maribel says, hi, Kobe. Uh, so where's the best place to follow you? We're putting up your Instagram right now. Yeah, perfect. So yeah, so yeah, so yeah, you can follow me on, on, on Instagram at the Kobe Bird. Facebook, also, also, also the Kobe Bird. And then Twitter, and then Twitter Kobe Bird. I, okay. I'm not... Some, sometimes, 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 sometimes I forget my usernames because there, because there are so many that it's hard for me to keep track. But yeah, but you can, but but yeah, it, there it's we all, go. Um, They're on the screen. The Kobe, Bird. the Kobe Bird. Fantastic. Okay, so we're almost out of time here, Kobe, because time flies. I can't believe it. And we're at the end of Autism Awareness Month, which is often I find it, it's a little exhausting. Um, Autism Awareness Month, but partially because we have to explain for the whole month why every day and every month is Autism Awareness Day and month, right? But what's exactly. what what's the one thing in closing that you wish that you could convey to the world about you and about autism? What would you like them to know? All right. So for me, Autism Awareness is every day, every year. It it isn't it isn't just specific. To, it isn't, it isn't specifically just a single month. For me, it's every day of the year. It's every hour, every minute. And I'm and I may, and I might have, and I may have a different thought process. I may, I might speak differently. I have issue getting my words out. But the thing is, is that I'm just like you. I have, I have the exact same thoughts as you. And I'm, and, and in a lot of ways, we're all different. I, and I, but but I want I want I want people to know that I'm just like them. I have the I have I have I have similar struggles. It may not be the exact same, but but there but there but there are but there is some but there is some familiarity to it. Absolutely, and and that you're a beautiful human being, who is an artist in your own right. That uh, that. My goodness, Kobe, how, how successful you have been. I can remember sitting in the studio all those years ago and you declaring to me, you know, you were 15 and I was saying to you, so what do you want to be when you grow up? And and you were like, <laughs> you must have thought, who is this crazy lady? Can't she tell yeah. I'm an actor? And and you were like, I, I'm I planning on being an actor. And I was like, oh, well, good for you. Um, and, and by the way, Dina says, you're so right, uh, Kobe. And Mirabelle is saying hi, Kobe, too. But I, I remember being so excited for you that that was the path you were on. I don't think we realize that in a matter of months, you were going to be a professional actor working in the highest echelons of success in the field. Um, because really because that's percentage wise, that isn't normally what happens. But I got to say, you have something that's unique and fabulous. 
Uh, and I don't even know if your fans know that you're also quite a singer too. So, and when I see oh, yeah. you perform, there is something about you, Kobe. There is a light that shines through your skin. I, till the day I die, I will remember when we did a benefit once um, for Corey Feldman was, was the MC oh, of an yes. event and you sang yes. and it was the most amazing thing you were singing. And there was just this, you're like an angel The, the it was coming out and and he turned to me and he was like, who is this guy? He's amazing. I said, I know, right? <laughs> and he was like, somebody needs to do something with this talent. And I said, don't worry, he's got an agent. Um, <laughs> so, oh, that's, but, an, that's unreal. Corey Feldman telling. Oh, comp, it was comp, so yeah, evident. Uh, that, that's, that's amazing. I love that. Yeah, it was so evident. Unreal. It was just this light that was coming out of you. It was otherworldly, Kobe. We're so excited for you in this journey that you're on. We know you're just getting started, so we can't wait to see all the things that you're going to do. But we don't have a date yet for season three of Lock and Key, but we're waiting. It's coming. And the minute we have that date, you know, we'll make sure that you guys know and that you're tuned into it. But if you haven't watched season one and season two, boy, have you got a treat in store for you because it's just delightful. You, you'll be on the edge of your seat. There's so much suspense, there's mystery and, and so much more. There's even a little romance in the thing. Um, so, and, and we didn't even say Kobe is playing the, the role of Rufus and, uh, and one of my favorite things about Rufus that Joanne Laura said is that Rufus has a job. And she was so excited about it. She was like, yeah. how amazing is it that Kobe is playing this wonderful character and that he's employed? Uh, I love that it's that perfect. was her takeaway from it, right? But um, but you're a pivotal part of season one and two. And as we yeah. said here, it has been revealed that you are principal cast for season three. Yay. I uh, couldn't be prouder of you, young man. Make it really a difference. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. I'm beclemmed. But our time is up. Thank you so much for being with us. I adore you. Absolutely. I you know it's, it's always, it, it is always a pleasure being on here with you. I, I, I always, I always have fun with you. I've been here from the beginning and <coughs> I cannot, and I cannot wait to be back on here again. Well, you've got me all beclemmed. We're going to go, <laughs> but I want to, before we go, excuse me, <coughs> I want to remind everybody on Friday, we're going to be featuring our very first episode of Stories from the Spectrum that is content all created by and for neurodiverse individuals. So Ooh. I know I'm so excited about it. Um, it will be during our regular time on Friday. So make sure that you guys tune in for that and support all these wonderful artists. Uh, we'll be back then, and then. Until then, give your kiddos a hug from me and one for you too. Bye, Kobe. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. -bye.